Welcome to Minutes with Mary. I'm your host, Mary Stellatello. Join me for short conversations. I mean, dog walk short conversations about coaching, leadership, organizational transformation, and social impact. In today's episode of Minutes with Mary, I'm chatting with Lindsay Fenlin, CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters of East Central Wisconsin, and Jamie Crewall, Chief Program Officer of Big Brothers Big Sisters of East Central Wisconsin. Jamie was formerly the Executive Director of Best Friends of Nina Menasha. Big Brothers Big Sisters and Best Friends, two youth mentoring organizations, officially merged on January 1st, 2020. This conversation is to explore the journey the two organizations embarked on beginning in July 2018 with a feasibility study and then negotiations and then integration. Lindsay and Jamie will share the elements of success and dispel the myth that only big organizations have access to resources to do it right. Welcome, Lindsay and Jamie. It's so great to have the opportunity to talk to both of you today about the merger between Best Friends of Nina Menasha and Big Brothers Big Sisters, uh, formerly of Fox Valley Region. You know, I'd love to start this morning with just hearing from you, uh, you know, after decades of your two organizations working alongside of each other in the community with very similar missions, you know, what was it that actually motivated you to consider exploring this opportunity of a strategic partnership? I'll start with you, Lindsay. What, did you, what was it from your perspective? Yes. So I had been in my role as executive director just one year before Jamie started. But in the course of that year, I had asked asked a lot of questions about how youth mentor, you, not just youth mentoring, but other youth agencies collaborated. And the answer I kept getting was, we don't, which was shocking because I had just come from a space, a basic needs space, where there was a lot of collaboration. And so I had, I had kind of had a couple conversations with different agencies and no one was really willing to explore that. And it was around that time that Jamie was hired. And so I, I, I think we actually went for lunch one day and I, we just kind of put it out on the table. And I said, you know, I think we had tried talking about this in the past and, you know, our two agencies weren't really willing or ready, you know, and I, I wanted to have her have the time and her role to really see what was going on. But I kind of just put it out there like if and when you're ready to talk about this, like we're here because I think this needs to happen. Thanks, Lindsay. And what about from you, Jamie, from your perspective? Yeah, you know, Lindsay um, nailed it. We It was actually really just the both of us coming together, I think, as new leaders in the organization and both coming from past experiences, being able to see um, one unique thing about the Valley is nonprofits do collaborate, but there was something missing in that youth development arena. And we both knew that it was it's about serving the kids and the families, and we needed to figure out the best way to do that. Great. You know, and oftentimes, um, given the size of your two organizations, and I think at the time um, that you were considering the feasibility study Best Friends budget was around $460,000 and, and Big Brothers Big Sisters was around like $830,000 that, you know, often organizations would try, would say, you know, we need to do this on our own. It's not that complicated. 
And, you know, what was it from your perspective that that drove you to consider getting some outside support to even begin the exploration of the assessment process? Jamie, what, what was it from your perspective? You know, I probably thought exact opposite. We're way too small to be able to tackle this. You know, um, both of our organizations, I mean, at Best Friends, there was four of us and I think maybe 11 at Big Brothers Big Sisters. But we also had the opportunity to see some other organizations in the community um, work with Mary and her team and just learning from their experiences. We knew that we didn't have everything we needed in-house to be able to make this a successful merger. Lindsay, anything you want to add to that? Um, So when I first took the role, I had a mentor of mine. When I first took the role of executive director, one of my mentors said to me, you don't, because I was like, I don't know everything. And I was terrified that like part of being an executive director meant I had to know everything about everything. And he's like, look, you don't have to know everything. You have to know what you don't know. And it's your job to fill the gap. And so when we started talking about merger, that was the mentality I took. I was just like, look, here's what I can do. Here's what Jamie can do. Here's what we can't do. And I think just to be able to lean into that with full transparency is actually what kind of gave the funders the confidence that we were going to be a trusted partner of theirs because we weren't trying to hide anything or trying to do things that were beyond our capability. Great. Yeah. And, you know, the other sort of unique situation, which often can deter organizations from talking about merger is who will lead a combined organization. And, you know, in this, in the situation with best friends and big brothers, big sisters, nobody was leaving. And oftentimes that creates the opportunity for organizations to step into that. What if, what could be possible and not have to handle that sticky question of who might lead the combined organization. So obviously that didn't happen. Neither one of you were leaving and you were able to figure out how to move forward in the combined organization with both of you in roles. Can you share a little bit from your your experiences how the two of you navigated that potentially really sticky conversation uh, about negotiations of who might lead the organization? Who wants to start with that one? I'll let you pick. I'll start because I think there was actually one day where we were like, not it. (laughs) I think we both were like, no, you can have it. You can have it. No. And full candor, you know, I think what we were able to do is I think the merger showed us pretty clearly what each of our strengths were. And we were really okay with having complementary strengths. So we were able to sit back and say what's needed in this role versus this role. And I, you know, I don't exactly remember the first time we kind of went into this, like, okay, so here's what I think. I actually think maybe it may have been with you, Mary, and you were the one who who said, have you guys talked about this? Because you guys gave identical answers. But I, I think it started with us really looking and our whole commitment from the beginning was this is not about us. This is about the mission and the kids. And there was a complete willingness to step away if we were not the right person for the right role. And so we focused on what the roles needed and then we aligned our strengths to those roles. And it just happened that we have very complementary strengths. And so there were very kind of clear cut, like, yes, you would do really well in this role and I would struggle and then vice versa. And how about from your perspective, Jamie? I feel very fortunate to have been able to work with Lindsay through this because we really, truly were 
you know, we still want to build off each other's strengths. And I don't know, I felt like it was maybe more simple, simpler than it, it could have been because we just knew we had to take each other's egos away and just figure out how both of us would be successful in the new organization and leading the team again, just to continue supporting our families and the kids. Yeah. And I think what Lindsay, you lifted up a little bit was that, that shuttle diplomacy that, you know, I, as the consultant was doing with having conversations with you, each of you separately, as well as having conversations with the board, the negotiation committee members of the board, because ultimately that would be, that was a decision that had to be recommended to both of your respective organization boards of how do you move forward as far as leading the organization. So, you know, having that opportunity for someone to play that role of hearing everyone's concerns or everyone's thoughts and then being able to bring it to the full group for discussion and finally a, a resolution and recommendation to, to each of your boards. So that leads us to kind of the negotiations work that you all did for six months very diligently. And during the negotiations process, what did you highlight as some of the key factors that really contribute to to the success of the negotiations? I think the setup of the negotiation committee was pretty critical, right? Having both Jamie and I at the table, having from both agencies. But even when I look at, we were pretty selective at least from the Big Brothers Big Side, about which board members we invited in. And so it wasn't just an automatic, oh, these are the officers. We really looked for long-term allies or people who, again, could supplement skill sets. And so I think that was really critical because we had the diversity of thought around the table that was needed when it got time to discuss maybe some contentious issues. So that's one thing that immediately comes to mind for me. How about for you, Jamie? You know, working with you, Mary, and all the individuals, you know, I think back to the financial process, the legal process, again, what Lindsay said earlier, all the stuff that we didn't know, being able to have somebody help lead us through and making sure that we are connecting the dots to every piece um, that was critical in that negotiations And, you know, that sort of moves us to kind of the, you know, we're moving sort of through the arc of this journey that we were on together. And so often what can happen after negotiations is you get merger fatigue, right? You know, the board members have been in this and you and your team have been in this for a year. And it's like, well, yay, we made it to the, cross the line of the legal negotiations part, but now you have to actually integrate the two organizations, which is the whole other marathon that you're going to be running together. So, you know, in that integration process, and oftentimes one of the biggest pieces that um, can cause, um, contribute to success of merger integration or really derail merger integration is culture and the culture, cultural integration of the new combined organization. Um, Talk a little bit about, for our listeners, what you felt were the key factors, the things that you focused on in merging the two cultures of the organizations. You know, I, I think the first thing was 
also was the recognition that culture wasn't going to immediately happen. I mean, culture is a long game, right? I mean, you are not talking about like, we're going to have three sessions. We're bringing in someone to do a team training and, and we're hunky dory. And so I think part of it for both of us was really just saying, okay, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And we have to let people work themselves through the change process. Uh, we can, we can support them. And so, but we can't force them through, you know, acceptance. And, and so I think we focused a lot on communication as kink, right? The more that we can give them the information, help them feel informed, involved, we tried to really be selective and not ask for their opinions if we couldn't do something with it. So kind of, we didn't want this false sense of, oh, give us your input. And then we don't do anything with it. We really try to be intentional in our interactions and in our engagement. So that that kind of set the stage, at least for me, in thinking about it. And Jamie, um, for from the best friends perspective, your organization being smaller could really have that experience of, oh, we're just going to get swallowed up and we're going to lose our identity. And so how did you mitigate that piece of maybe the fear that some of your team members or your board or even the community that you work in as the integration process started and continues? You know, communication, like Lindsay mentioned, was probably the, the number one key factor. Also being as transparent as we could and also taking a step back in trying to understand where everybody was coming from, whether it was the staff, longtime donors, being new to the organization, I had a different experience. So it was really about also just making sure everybody understood why we were going through this merger. It wasn't, it wasn't about me or Lindsay. It wasn't about the board. It was truly about who we served. And the commitment was that it was only going to grow stronger. So just making sure that we were able to keep that message out there and clear. And then, you know, once we started getting into more of the weeds, it was, we were able to take both organizations' best practices and really evaluate. So it wasn't like it's all big brother, big sister now. We that was a really nice process to be able to complement each other's strengths within the organization as well. And I do think playing off that, Jamie, we we elected to operationally model some things that would force culture change, right? So we changed our name. We didn't let it just stay Big Brothers, Big Sisters, Fox Valley Region. We wanted there to be a synonymous, like we're coming into this together. We moved offices. So it wasn't one agency moving into the other person's agency. It was we're collectively starting over. So when we could allow for, and yes, we brought in people to help with culture and change management and things like that, but I, I feel like we needed to live it out indeed first. And so as much as we could influence the operational integration with core values that we knew were going to be a part of the new agency, we tried to do that. And the other piece of the integration is all the moving parts of operations, right? Systems integration and financial and HR and program and the approach to that big heavy lift and the project management piece. Talk a little bit about that piece of the integration process that you embraced and, and what was what contributed to success there. I'm going to ask Jamie to think about to um, offer her insights on that one. I have a couple thoughts. The first thing that pops into my head, though, is really the community support. 
you know, when we we started with HR, we were able to work with some fantastic professionals in the community to help us go through our handbooks, go through our policies. When it came time to moving, we had experts in the community who really stepped up and supported us. And then the tool that we were able to really hold each other accountable and making sure that we were on time with getting things moving forward because we did have a short time to get things moving before January 1st. So for me, it was really the community support and then the tool because I just like having tools like that as well to keep things moving forward. And you're talking about the project management tool that we use with the yes. work groups yes. um, to help one first figure out all the different tasks of integration and then timelines, et cetera. Lindsay, anything you want to add to that with respect to project management and the integration process? Yeah, I, you know, I think we realized we needed an external project manager to help us with that project management tool because we just couldn't do the work and lead the work at the same time. And again, maybe if we had had a longer time to integrate or if we weren't so fatigued from the whole process, but we just needed that. Jamie and I needed that extra leadership help. And so we brought in a project manager. And then this is where I think the funding support from the community really played a piece. 80% of that was the integration, right? And, And it allowed us to outsource IT help. It allowed us to outsource marketing help. We were able to pay for quality experts to come in and do components of the integration so that we could focus on the parts that we needed to focus on, the very mission-oriented, the people-oriented components. We had to do all of it by ourselves. It would have just, it would have been a mess. I'm so glad, Lindsay, you brought up that piece around the funder support and the funder community. And I'm wondering if you could just explore that a little bit further for our listeners about how you really put together the presentation, and then also just the collective support of the funder community for for the work um, that was done in this entire process for, you know, starting from feasibility all the way through the integration process. We'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So we had one funder who was kind of the kickoff funder, and that funder invested pretty heavily in the first couple components, right? The feasibility study, the merger negotiation study, and then they helped get their colleagues, their funding colleagues to the table. And so we, Janie and I came to a meeting, we shared what we were doing, why we were doing it, and then we just continued to keep them updated. So we just made sure every couple of months we were sending them key communications, we were letting them know about exciting successes and wins, and then when it was all said and done, we made sure they were at the table for our open house so that they could see with their own eyes everything they accomplished. And then it just so happened that two months after, we had a national pandemic, (laughs) And so we were able, though, to, to we wrote kind of a, a little a mini white paper, a mini just kind of update of that, that that if we hadn't had merged, I don't know that we could have survived this here all the ways the merger prepared us. And so really saying, again, it wasn't just the merger being the end goal. It was about creating a sustainable youth mentoring agency in the community. And they helped us do that. Wonderful. We could obviously talk about this for a lot longer, but I do always commit to my podcast being shorter than longer. And so I want to see if we could just close with if you were going to give one or, you know, one sort of thought of advice to a nonprofit leader who might be considering a strategic partnership or a merger, what would you offer up, Jamie? Not to do it alone, to look for that support and resources, you know, in-house, out-house, but you don't have to do it alone. 
Thank you. And how about from your perspective, Lindsay? I would say learn from those who've gone before, right? Because we clearly know now things that, yeah, we did great, but we also know things that we would totally, we would definitely do differently, you know, and we would willingly share that with anyone to say, because we had people do that with us. They shared their lessons learned. So we were able to build off of that. So find others who've done it before and reach out. Yeah. And no one merger is the same as another. And I think that's also part of what is interesting, unique, and exciting about this field of collaboration and strategic partnerships um, that, you know, it's dynamic and you can learn from, and you also are blazing your own trail as far as success. So I want to thank you. It was, it was really a joy to work with you over the year and a half and continue to see the amazing success that you have as an organization and the impact that you're having in the community. If you want to learn more about the Big Brothers Big Sisters merger and what contributed to its success, we will be releasing a case study in December 2020. You can head over to the Vista Global website at www.vistaglobalcc.com to sign up for our newsletter or check back after December 1st to download your free copy. Thanks for listening to Minutes with Mary. You can listen to all episodes on the Vista Global Coaching and Consulting website at www.vistaglobalcc.com. If you like what you hear, let's connect on Twitter at Vista Global Mary. You can learn more about all the programs and services Vista Global offers to create the world we want to live in by going to our website at www.vistaglobalcc.com. Thanks so much for joining me. It was awesome to have you along for this segment.